same in China, China, different, different stories. stories. We are the ones that found their way, their way in life in a new life. Hello, welcome to Adoptees Born in China podcast. I am doing something new today, which mostly is I just have two people. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves because, yeah, they've been on the podcast before and we all have something in common. And then we're like, let's go ahead and record after. It's a brand new experience. All right. What of you go first? <laughs> I'm Hannah. I have been on here before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Evelyn. I've also been on here before. <laughs> I know. Returning guests. Because I've done returning guests before, but not like group guests situation. Mm-hmm. And even Hannah was like, what are we going to talk about? You know, that's a great question because I don't know. I don't know if we all have this in common, but did we have friends with adoptees growing up much like were you guys a part of your adoption groups or did you guys like know other adoptees that well the only ones I got to know were the ones I was adopted with and we all lived in different states and this is back before like the internet was really kicking so the reason we only stayed in touch was because my parents made this newsletter do you guys remember newsletters like a email or was it mailed? Like, mailed, <laughs> mailed. Yeah, I remember newsletters. Oh, barely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about you? We, I, I was part of like the Chinese community center that was based in Albany, but that was more so just, you know, Chinese American. It wasn't specific to adopted babies from China. So I met you know, we my parents called them fellow travelers. So I met some fellow travelers along the way. But as far as who I came to America with or like the foster family, orphanage, whatever, like I have no connections with them whatsoever. Neither does my sister. Okay. Yeah. And then I, I actually didn't know there was like a whole group thing that you were adopted with until like probably later. And then I didn't really like talk to anybody. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, or maybe I like recognize it's kind of like when you're younger and they show you pictures from the experience. And I was like, what, four? So there's pictures like, oh, there's all these babies. And I don't, I don't know that it didn't really comprehend for me. That's like, these are the kids you were adopted with until I was like much older. But then I feel like it's like, oh, it's a little bit late to like reach out to them. Because I do think when I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of people say it's like when we got into high school or even like middle school, high school years of like adolescence, it's like we stopped getting together with our fellow adoptees and then I guess maybe they stopped sending newsletters by then <laughs> mm-hmm. so. I mean I really respect it I I do wonder if I had interacted with more adoptees from China as I was growing up I wouldn't I would have avoided that whole kind of awkward high school identity crisis like going mm-hmm. into college like if you just kind of kept that like camaraderie with people who have that in common I don't know it does yeah. make me think you have a sister <laughs> I do have a sister but we never honestly we never really talked about this kind of stuff it was and we also have very different outlooks on just how much we embrace our heritage I can't remember if I talked about this last time mm-hmm. Tara but um yeah it's just not it's something that just never really came up not not like we were avoiding it just yeah it was chill you know what's weird is I think that's the normal adoptee experience like yeah Things just aren't discussed or, like, dug into when you just live in life as a young person. Yeah. 
I would say so. And then like adolescence too. I, I mean, you have a sister, Evelyn, but I think it's like you guys are fighting about other things. Not like, I don't know. That's what I've heard. It's like, it seems like when I hear of sister relationships too, especially among adoptees, it's like, it sounds like all other sister relationships. I, I don't think Hannah or I have a sister, so we don't know. But it's like- You guys are both only only children? Not me. Older brothers. Oh, your brother. Yes, oh. that's right. We both What's have the, that like. <laughs> we've got the two. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I am baby. Same. That's right. When Hannah and I actually found out we both were adopted in Bushwick sitting at some wooden table. I remember that distinctly for some reason. It's like right before I guess we were going to that yeah. club or something. We we were. <laughs> and Jen was like, Yeah, you guys are both adopted. It's like, oh, what's up? And we both have older brothers that are our parents' kids. <laughs> you never really expect it when you meet people. Yeah. Because um, I try to um, understand what it must be like to see me and my family, like, from with other people. Um, yeah. for Jen, for example, who grew up in an all-Asian family and knew mostly, like, ABCs, mm-hmm. American-born Chinese growing up, but... I don't know when you just never never really think about it until like it clicks with someone like when um Evelyn you said it like my whole like view of you changed completely like immediately (laughs) really like why (laughs) yeah because I was like oh I understand you so much more now okay yeah Yeah, that's fair when did you guys find out find out that the other person was adopted probably the same way i swear we were sitting either and we were seatmates or we were like a row in front of each other and i think it was either you or jed love who turned around and was like hey you're both adopted, adopted. <laughs> <laughs> yay jed for just breaking that ice for all of us <laughs> yeah I mean, she's great i was totally right it, it, it is just something as soon as you find that out it's like the ice the ice is broken mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that understanding too. I guess like on context too, based on like how what we were talking about. It's like, oh, I grew up here in this other state, or I grew up here. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. I think for me, for you, Hannah, when you're like, oh, I grew up in the Midwest, and then it's like, oh, wait, your last name that actually checks out. It's usually those indicators. Mm -hmm. I mean, referring to what you're saying with other families looking at you, you guys like us walking with our Caucasian parents. It's like. I think it's more fun when I explain, when I tell people about my family and they try, you like watch like the math in their head. Yeah. Cause I'll say something like, oh yeah, like my mom, she's like 85% Irish, you know, uh-huh. fair skin, like, like ashy blonde hair, blue eyes. My dad is a, is a mutt of like all sorts of, mm-hmm. you know, uh-huh. German, Dutch, Welsh, whatever. And people are just like, well, you know, how, how did, how did you happen? Like, how did that work out? I was like, mm. this, there's other yeah. ways to make a family. <laughs> right. So, oh, yeah. See, I like a to... medical mystery for me to come out looking like this. <laughs> oh, those Scottish Asians, uh, uh, I think they're pretty wily. Um, <laughs> Scottish. Yeah. But I, I, I try and head off some of those uh, misconfusions, like, right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I often, like, end up telling people that my parents are white or my family is white within like the first uh like two days of meeting someone Mm, because 
eventually like more personal questions will come up and so it, it'll just happen so i might as well like tell people i mm. think yeah i feel like in the city especially though i've noticed recently i mean just the past like year when talking to like other i guess like abcs or first generation second generation chinese people they assume like my parents are asian too and i don't know if that's just because i'm surrounding myself in spaces of like more Chinese people that they just assume that it's like no I'm actually adopted and they're like oh yeah that that also makes sense yeah that makes sense <laughs> so I was like oh but, but yeah don't don't you do that too like if you see a white person down in the street you don't think oh they must have like non-white parents you never think that yeah or they have children of not like that are not Caucasian <laughs> yeah I mean, I do think I observe mixed, I mean, even growing up too, I was always observing like mixed interracial or inter-ethnic, I don't know what the right word is for that, but couples that were different backgrounds, obviously. And I was like, huh, your kids are going to look different. <laughs> even as a kid, we noticed that. I was like, all right. I feel like I was always looking for that too. Like, oh, it's so good to see different backgrounds coming together. Yeah. And that's good that there's like... It was a positive spin because I, I don't know about you guys, but whenever people saw like me and my parents or just, you know, they, they hear I'm adopted, you get like pity or you assume yeah. that something horrible has happened where, you know, I came from this like third world country. I mean, granted, Ugh. I did come from a very poor village and like it was mm. not the most, like my life would have been very different if I was still here. Oh, but yeah. yeah, it's like as soon as you tell your adoption story it's like people are like oh like I'm so sorry I'm like why why are you sorry <laughs> like right. I'm literally yeah. here speaking to you like I'm I have so a great life I'm not yeah right. that's that's just I don't know call me sensitive but no well, it's, it's like, just it, it's like <laughs> it's kind of shitty because like all they know is you know kind of the worst stuff and it's not wrong in some ways like yes we were affected by this policy we may not have survived youth mm -hmm. um, under different circumstances but what people don't hear oftentimes are the positive things or like uh the fact that you can have a blended family just fine yeah and it doesn't help that all the adoption stories in the media are only there because they're the the lowest um, possible level of existence so that the hero arc can happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, I think oh, I like see, that. Yeah. It's like the stories are always of like the extremes. It seems like the really bad ones you hear or you see in the media, the negative outcomes and then, or like they find their parents and all that jazz, which is considered like a positive, but I'm sure there's more involved with finding your birth family if that's what you wish. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's like, uh, so I was like, oh, it would have been so nice to talk about this with kids when we were like 15, 16, to be honest. But instead, I think I was more focused on like uh, actually connecting to my brother at the time, my older brother. That was like, that's like something I'm like talking about in therapy quite in depth now, too. But the mm -hmm. therapist was like, you seem to really like you talk about your siblings, but you don't really want to be close to them. But you seem like you do. I was like, I don't know, is it just because that's who I grew up with or because I really did try in high school to like connect to my older brother. I have two older brothers, but the middle one, because we were in high school at the same time. He was in his last year. I was in my first year. 
And I like joined the theater program to try to connect to him. And it was like, this isn't doing anything. I was like, Whoa. I couldn't even talk so you guys about are it. Three years apart. We are. Yeah. Yeah. Like three, four years apart. How do you feel about the angsty teenage years don't really help with any of that discussion? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if at 15 I would have been able to have been sat down and like Mm. talk about this stuff. Like I did actually do therapy um at like 18, but I don't I don't know if I really could have dug this deep back then. Mm. Because it just like I don't think I was like capable of um wording the, all of the thoughts and feelings or like sifting through what each one meant yeah wait but you guys keep talking about like this this like sit down discussion and like what do you mean like is was there something that would trigger like a talk like today versus the next day like mm-hmm. like why were why were you having to do that like frequently or this was like a one-time thing like again during your angsty teenage years when you just kind of had to revisit after I mean you know you you knew you were adopted before you were 15 so yeah. I'm just like wondering like because I never I guess I never did that I maybe had just had a really cozy childhood but <laughs> no I'm, I'm just I'm curious yeah I feel you, like yeah you yeah. go first I was just, I think I was like of course we all knew we were adopted pretty young but I think like, talking about it always seemed very surface level with my family it was never like we got into it deeper and I think in those angsty years knowing all right there's more to this and it has to do with a lot of like how I feel about many things in my outlook it would be nice to have a more serious discussion with like my parents and it just seemed like anytime it was kind of brought up it was sort of brushed off in a way not not that they were like trying to do that but I think it was in a way because we are all part of our families and they don't want us to feel like we're not a part of the family but I think there's like to me I always felt like there's a little level it's like I'm not really part of this family because you know that's you felt that a little bit just a little bit like very very small amount so I think that's why it's like I am a part of this family but I also feel like I'm not a part of this family too just because you know or I knew it's like I look different I have a background and I don't know if that's because I came when I was later or what but I, I mm. want to say that might be contributing to it a little bit is like I came and was a part of the family at an older age where mm. I think a lot of us were like really, really, really young, like babies. But yeah, not to say my parents didn't treat me well or anything. It was just like, it was harder, I think, just for me that I would like to learn more about it. It's like, why did you choose to have like a adopt a baby? Well, I guess adopt a child when they were like older. And it's, I think that is one question I asked once and it was like, we didn't really get into it. And that's what I mean by like a sit down. It's like, it would have been nice to like really like get into it at that time instead mm-hmm. of like brushing it off. So that's like my take a little bit. It's like, oh, that's a bummer. I'd say for me, um, it's it wasn't that I actually had like sit down discussions about um, adoption stuff that I do now with my therapist. Um, but I would have needed it because I didn't have the tools to really, um, figure out what was missing or like what my needs were. So like, I didn't realize that I wasn't okay. And it would have been like very helpful to have known that at a 
15 or whatever. Um, because when you don't think about it, things just seem fine. But there's something down beneath the surface that's like, you know, affecting everything else. And it warped my sense of safety and normalcy. Oh yeah, it's so it's so different from my experience. Mm. It, it really is. Wow, this is like actually so eye opening. Mm. Was it like when you were growing up that your parents would talk about it? Well, I guess you have your sister too. But like, would your parents talk with you both about it or not much? It's just like, ah, uh, no, just it just doing the thing. it just didn't come up. And again, it's not like we're pushing anything under the rug. Yeah, it's uh -huh. just like we we were a nuclear family. And again, like my sister is also adopted from China. We both look asian and our parents look white so like at least yeah. fiona and i had that like we have that in common that we're both yeah. not biological mm. like there was no there was absolutely no i'm not part of this family for me oh. or for my sister absolutely none of that like i never thought that once um i would almost say like okay i didn't forget i was a, I, I always like I, it's not like i would forget yeah but it's like borderline that level where it's just like you, you think about it when you talk that. about it. Like, literally, like, to sit, this is the first time I've talked in, not in public, but to this extent with, with people who share, share this in common. It's, and I'm mm -hmm. 26. You know, it's like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, like, um, so I, I... I think I went the hard opposite way of Tara. And, like, I never thought I wasn't a part of my family. Mm. I just thought I was like, a, I stuck out so much in my family that I just got used to that. Mm. Um, and so I, I don't know. It, it's not like I didn't feel like I belonged. I just always knew I was different and I always felt that I was different. And so that was sort of uneasy in some ways. Mm. But like my parents would answer anything I would ask, like, always and it could just be that i'm like more sensitive to this kind of stuff and that like i am affected more deeply um in that like i i have to connect like when i was younger i had all this asian stuff around and mm -hmm. i probably mentioned it but it looked like i was trying to cosplay as a chinese person but you are a Chinese person. I know you're Chinese now. American, and yeah. yeah, yeah. But when I was younger, I did not feel Asian at all. I did not feel Chinese. I always thought I was like American, but like surface level Asian, mm. which is really messed up, actually. Part of the part of some, I'm sure, like the thoughts that a lot of us have had too, like similar in that mm. sense. Because I definitely did, I did like Chinese folk dance for, I don't know, like 12 years. And it always kind of felt like a chore in a way at the time <laughs> of doing it. And I didn't really understand and comprehend like this is actually part of like your culture. But I don't, I don't know if that's also the age that I was doing it. Because I stopped around 15, 16. If I continued, maybe it'd be like a little bit different. But, and I, I would say like a lot of the feeling is because of like my siblings and I, like we're not very close and we're not. Mm -hmm. And growing up, like at least the teen, maybe we were really close when I was really young, but my memory doesn't go back that far. 
but like the teen years where I think your memory maybe and your feelings and you're more developed getting there that's when it was like very noticeable to me it's like oh it seems like the siblings and I we aren't even that close so it almost seems like each of us had our own isolated relationship to our parents and I think Mm -hmm. that's why I got that feeling of like uh like am I really part like it seems like we're all part of this family but we're also like isolated in our own ways so that's why I was like oh I guess I'll talk about that in therapy the next time (laughs) a little bit yeah you might not get this sometimes I feel like twinges of being an only child yeah because my relationship with my parents is like so different from my brothers and there's an age gap so that doesn't help yeah but like it's it's not about like them at all it's literally just more like um I'm bonded with them very differently than my brothers I I think that's what it is thank you I think that's that's an eye-opener for me it's like I think that's what it is it's just why yeah that's a really good way to put it that actually does help yeah it does it gives like Mm -hmm. a little bit context because I don't want I don't want to feel like it's wrong not to be close to our siblings and stuff I know I mean you talk to many families and many people at every family and stuff has their has their lovely secrets and whatnot (laughs) but yeah that's that's that was rough to like come to that I guess coming to terms with that and that's what I'm in the process of doing is coming to terms with that in a way this is therapy guys it's just so different wow I have like, a... every, like almost everything because like again I have like a sister and like mm. you know with the girl code and everything like she was <laughs> just here she was, uh-huh. she was literally just here and she was here with me for like a week oh and, she like, was visiting oh, yeah um but like we're like best friends and like we never talk about this kind of stuff and I just never had this that disconnect so like, this is really eye-opening for me I was like, girl code. What is girl code? It's like, that's a... a... Do do you have girl code and adoptee code? Ooh. Maybe. It's more... I don't even know why people use that, to be honest. I feel like it's just that, like, mutual... That mutual understanding of, like, respect and, Mm -hmm. like, empathy, at least. It doesn't mean you always have to get along or agree with each other or Mm. approve of each other's actions. But it's, it's just that, like, understanding. I feel like that's what I mean when I say, like girl code or something oh yeah no i know i know girl girl code is great gotcha can't live without it (laughs) it's like so tara it's like if one example i had recently was like if i'm in a club with my friends and then um well a gay club lesbian club so it's like all women (laughs) and there's like another party you like are dancing around other people for maybe an hour or two you like somewhat get to know them yeah and then at one part during the night I was looking around and I saw just based on eye contact that this party was looking for a friend of theirs and I happened to know where that friend was so I immediately like touched them on the shoulder without like speaking any words um music was like bumping I touched them on the shoulder pointed out the person and then like went back to dancing and they were just like yes thank you okay that's a good Samaritan (laughs) gotcha okay I think I understand that (laughs) that's gold code okay perfect example you're like part of a club I was like wait like I'm glad you specified because like like dragon boat club (laughs) it's it's like uh an awareness and an empathy Mm. it's like helping out yeah okay 
Okay. But we'll open up an adopted babies club. (laughs) Yeah. Fellow travelers (laughs) club. (laughs) Um, in in addition to the Asian nod, you can do the the adoptee nod. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I go white parents, white parents. Yep. I feel that's the adoptee code is like, oh, when you find out someone else is adopted, you don't go into like the questions immediately. Like, oh, how do you like your white parents? Question. Oh, I hate that. I hate that question with a burning. Yes. I feel like, like, do you get along with your parents? They say, do you get along with your parents? I was like, do you get along with your parents? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, 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 what kind of fucking question is that? Again, I'm 26 years old. Like, I would say by now, I get along with my parents. And I am so open to any question that's like, and you know, people aren't being malicious. Like, I get that. It's just ignorance. Yeah. But like uh-huh. some questions you're just like, really? Like, <laughs> like what do you expect? Like, when I was growing up, all of my um, white friends, they would like have bouts of like ranting about their parents mm-hmm. or like they would hate their parents. And I didn't understand like, how can you hate your parents? parents isn't that like disrespectful or something mm. and personally i just never had that i don't think it's an adoptee thing but i just like yeah why they're just trying to look out for you aren't they yeah well and then we get to a point where we realize our parents are also human too because i think as a kid it's like oh i thought like as parents you're you have this like whole wisdom and knowledge that well i'm sure they do because they always say you don't know until your parent yourself but I feel like there's, I guess it's like when you're in school and you look at your teachers and like, oh, they're so like wise and older and they're teaching me things. Like that's how I thought about parents. And then now being like in our later 20s and stuff, it's like, wait, we were the same age that our teachers were. We still don't know what, well, I personally was like, I still don't know what the heck I'm doing sometimes with like emotions and relationships. Mm. It's like, dang, they gotta be doing the same thing. You know what's crazy? Right now, I'm the same age as my mom was when she adopted me. Whoa. Oh, wow. She was young. She was young then. Wait, she got so married young. at 21. Whoa. Married at 21 Wait. and then adopted at... Wow. Wait, that's so young. I Because typically, it's the opposite. Typically, they're... Yeah. I mean, older. my parents were 42. Yeah, Whoa. My parents, my parents yeah, my parents are closer are... to that, too. My parents got married at 21 also. They were high school sweet. Like, they met in, like, middle school. Like, prom dates. I, like, got married <laughs> oh. right after college. Whoa. Um, they waited two decades. To have, <laughs> yeah. To, 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 to that's, this. that's awesome. But, yeah, that's, like, wow. That's, like, a stark contrast. Yeah. Whoa. But how old were, were your parents, Tara? My parents were, I think, mid-30s. Oh, so we got a nice spread here. Yeah, <laughs> mid thirties, and then I came here at four. I was like, I survived, or I arrived at four. <laughs> so mm. that's I survived till four, and then arrived. Which technically, I guess we did all survive until we got <laughs> in our own way. Um, it's a rough way of looking at it. I was because I also after starting the show and then talking to a lot of adoptees, some shared it's like they were fostered. Even like Xiaoli, who we all met. Uh, Lisi's friend <clears throat> she was like yeah I was fostered for like different families and stuff until I was adopted and it's like that's a thing like I didn't know they did I guess it's fostering is done here too but for some reason just for me I just didn't understand that uh babies were fostered in China too with families oh I was I, fostered you were fostered too well I was so confused they didn't like, have I, a family but I was fostered 
or they didn't have other kids but you were like fostered. they only had foster kids yeah so um my orphanage was one of the first that started um fostering as a system for adoptees. didn't yeah. know that because okay. um they didn't really have a program for fostering for a long yeah. time so i the person who started my orphanage actually wrote a book about it that's why i know all this oh um, and yeah it's one of the first in the country and i was uh there soon after it opened too okay what what's the name of the book one sec okay that's so fascinating because it's like oh yeah you have it on your shelf that's perfect it, it's called hidden treasures oh, oh okay i just met somebody she actually physically had that book with her when i met her and she's like yeah this book is from my wow. orphanage too so she's her name's jenna and she was actually like somebody i physically met a couple weeks ago maybe last week like i i convinced her to go to the bougie chocolate cafe mm. and she brought bougie her book too <laughs> yeah in New York City, there's a cafe called Mary Bell's. Low key, I guess a plug, but they have the best gelato and chocolate. Side note, mm. <laughs> it's really good. I honestly was like, anytime I meet somebody for an adoptee, I was like, hey, do you want to go to Mary Bell? Because the I got like a chocolate. Of course, I was going to talk about chocolate eventually, but I got like a chocolate <laughs> lava cake. <laughs> it's like you both know me pretty well at this point, but the chocolate yeah. lava cake, it's like 30 bucks. I have to say so worth it <laughs> so worth it okay that's a side but yeah i'll connect you i'll send you jenna's profile because mm. she actually showed me the same book i was like whoa and i think i like opened it to one random page and it was just a picture of like gravestones i was like okay <laughs> uh <laughs> um I don't think that's not the whole like vibe of the book it's not <laughs> it just has no. to be the one no, page no, no, I, no, 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 no. I was like yeah. well then that's just particularly dark page but um yeah. crazy crazy enough like one of the like first pages is this photo of like their first year in operation hold on wait till the camera it's focuses like, it doesn't want to focus i don't know if it'll yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Photo. um my parents think i'm in this photo <gasps> no way there's a very strong argument yeah oh what's the it, argument the time it looks like me it looks like you it, the time is right and the timing is like right. Me. So you're like famous. No. Yes. <laughs> Loki. We need that autographed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm in the no. photo in the book. That's actually also, pretty dope, though, huh? It is. Yeah. Also, yeah, and this was my translate. One of our translators. Whoa. Who, like, started. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Wait for it. Put your face behind it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. This, this dude. Okay. He, my parents really liked that dude he um helped them a lot so he oh, traveled wow. with us during the whole experience oh, but he was at so the ground sweet. floor that's amazing i'm like tearing up i, don't know. I was like that's so sweet mm. matthew that's what his name is oh i guess that's what tripped me up so much about that is because we hear about like the one child policies that you're not allowed to have your own baby so then i was like being fostered isn't that almost like the, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, isn't that like almost the opposite if like you're fostering because you're not supposed to have kids and then you like take care of a kid and then they I was like that's what tripped me up. I don't know if that makes sense because of like the narrative. Did families with kids already foster? Because 
Yeah, that's a great question. My foster parents were only allowed to have one kid at a time. And oh. as I was um, about to be adopted um, and like flying back to the U.S., there was another kid in, in my pictures. So like they had already gotten their next foster kid. Whoa. That's a great question. I'm sure we can ask some adoptees who are doing like PhDs and stuff related to this, mm. which I imagine must be very intense. I, I was also surprised by that in the past like couple of years of talking to people. It's like, yeah, I'm doing like my studies, master's, PhD related to like transracial adoption. Mm. I was like, that's that's heavy for like years <laughs> you're doing studies about that um, yeah it's great that now we're getting to the age where people have the resources exactly and can do the me search yeah but i've really kind of unrelated so like how do you guys uh understand the nature versus nurture in like your lives Ooh. how do you think that panned out for you because sometimes I think I could be a very different person depending on which family I was, um, you know, adopted by. You want to go first, Tara? I would say, oh, that's tough. I think, because uh, I, I guess my personal experience of being adopted at four, I'm sure there's some personality to, I'm sure all of us actually, not even being up until like our toddler age with I would argue that like nurture actually had a lot to contribute to it in addition to like just my natural instinct and personality but I really do think like I appreciate so much how my mom she was like very strict in a way that was helpful and like very helpful to like when you eventually are on your own you're gonna have to like take care of your own finances and health or whatever like I think she was very good about that even when I was like growing up it was she didn't coddle she wasn't like helicopter momming which is great but she would like also let me make my mistakes sometimes like really dumb ones and sometimes very impactful mistakes but then realize like okay you, you eventually have to learn that so I think <clears throat> yeah I feel like nature contributed a lot and then just yeah I would argue for more of like the nurture really does impact my outlook but I do know my personality is like I'm very like frugal and stingy at many times with stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I would actually argue. I would argue for nurture more, but not it. it there's more context than just your family. Right. So, again, my sister and mm. I, we are polar opposites in, in every way you can possibly imagine as far as like like who we choose to socialize with growing up and even now. <clears throat> Um, like our hobbies, like like what field we went into, just everything. And I'm just trying to like rewind and think about where that again, where that disconnect started. Mm. And like the one thing that I never actually thought of, but you know, in elementary school, I had I'm trying to think of like all her friends who were mostly they were all white. And then my like in first grade, I remember my first grade boyfriend, you guys. First grade, because the, yes, <laughs> my first grade crush boyfriend was this Chinese American. I oh my god, I hope he never listens to this. Hi Victor. Um, <laughs> but literally, I would like we would have like play you know as a group and everything. We have play dates like our families were like they were they were like more or less friends, and it's just like I remember his mom making Chinese food and 
he would also he also went to the same Chinese school I did, and that's partly why I like Chinese school maybe more than my sister did. But like all I'm saying is there's that one little spark, there's that one little difference from eight. How old are you in first grade? Like six. That's for sure. Six. So at when she was six, she had all white friends. When I was six, I had like one Asian friend who that kind of that kind of just spiraled into the friends I made throughout the rest of elementary school, high school, mm. and college. Because uh, now she still doesn't even have that many Asian friends when that's all who I hang out with. Oh, oh yeah, now so, present that's, day. That's and yeah, and like that's very much nurture, mm-hmm. right? And we we have the same parents though, you know. So it's not mm-hmm. necessarily like our mom and dad. It's just like it, all it takes is one little change early on that can like mm, take that's off. Interesting. I love it. <laughs> Because he was there chatty school, I liked it more. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. It's like, That's true. <laughs> got, to, got to see that reset. Oh, yeah, but then great. we both dropped out of Chinese school because we were we were kind of like bullied for, you know, everyone there was first generation, already oh. spoke almost fluent Mandarin. Right. Because oh. their parents forced them to be. Yeah. So again, Fiona and I were like the Chinese girls with the white parents. Yeah. They like, bullied you? Yeah, locates. And yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't stuff that you see in the movies where it's like complete isolation. Yeah. And it, yeah, just a lot of like microaggressions and just Whoa. like that, that we weren't really included. We were different. Mm-hmm. Like our, yeah. they make fun of our pronunciation. They make fun of like our American names, whatever. That's that. Yeah. I can definitely Kids are mean, that. you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I can empathize that too. I never thought about like Chinese kids like bullying people because i i got a little bit from like the white kids but oh yeah never the asians it was probably the opposite for me it's probably they were bullied at their white schools so then they had to then bully in their environment (laughs) i don't know well it's just it's the classic we're twinkies right we're yellow on the outside white on the inside people and you know just we're and we're too white for the asians we're too asian for the whites so i got more from the asians i just didn't i was included Oh, but it, but as Twinkies, we would survive the nuclear any nuclear huh. event, right? <laughs> Side note. That's true. I prefer bananas. Twinkies are disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I you're right. I think in Chinese school that happened too. It wasn't always very. I don't know. I guess that's like a very Chinese thing too. But it wasn't always very like in your face the bullying in a way. It was very much more like subtle. But I, I noticed it's that elitism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. I guess that's like people experience have like colorism too, like in the African American community. So it's like, damn, this is just everybody's got to bully each other within their own communities too. Apparently, the and again, that was kids. Yeah, that's like kids mm-hmm. now. Like everyone, like look at our dragon boat team. Like I don't uh, think anyone gives like no one gives a crap that we're adopted. I don't think anyone thinks twice. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think it's also like yes, it's being adults, but also like. Dragon Boat community is just a, real, a good community. Yeah. What about the rather welcoming nature versus nurture for you, Hannah? How do you feel about that? Oh, um. Well, when I was younger, so the way I was like nurtured, it felt like I could only be one thing. If it, it felt like I had limited options of like who I could be and nowadays when I'm like you know just living my life on my own I think more of the nature 
is becoming apparent because like it's always been there it just hasn't been expressed through like because of like environment or people or whatever mm. so um i'm starting to realize that like a lot of my morals um and my <laughs> common courtesyness my niceness is from my nurture mm. um and then my nature i don't i don't know sometimes i wonder if like i have traits that my biological family would also have like oh uh, i also tend to look for a, a deal i'm thrifty <laughs> not frugal <laughs> okay yeah probably and i have like a natural affinity for white rice i've just always loved <laughs> white rice okay okay that's fair that's fair. I'm a noodle person over rice. I will always pick noodles. Ooh. Yeah, I feel like that's also a hot take with like a lot of Asians. <laughs> I feel like most Asians it's like rice over noodles. I think they're over noodle. I think they're over rice. Yeah, I think I'm an over rice person too. Like, yeah, no, they just like don't give a shit about rice. It's <laughs> funny. I mean, they just opened some like ramen place in uh, Long Island City here. It's like specifically just ramen dispense. Is it dispensary? Yeah, it's a dispensary. It's not like <laughs> ramen dispensary. What? Yeah, is that the right word? Is it? Is it like automatic ramen? Kind of. Yeah, you walk in and it's like you see all the different ramens and you're able to like go and pull like a lever or something. So what? It's a dispensary for ramen. I'll find what? the thing. But it's even longer. Yeah, it's oh, like man. A, yeah. All right, I'll try it. Let's go. <laughs> it's here it's it's local for us technically well local yeah. for me more local than both of you <laughs> let's turn this into a food podcast nah i'll leave that to somebody else i'm not very food knowledgeable because i don't even know the what, I can what talk are you about talking chocolate. about you brought up to okay chocolate is not really <laughs> i could i mean chocolate food talking. group what are you talking about that's true mm. that's true <laughs> it's like chocolate is a food group in my world <laughs> yeah I'll probably put a break in here. And I'm debating this, like, do I make this part one or two? Who knows? It depends how long we talk, because you guys also have stuff to do, of course. Today I do not, so... <laughs> Oh, Are you off today? Yes, I'm off today. Okay. I started a new part-time gig that's fully remote, and it's like my mm -hmm. trainings are... I have weekend work, too, so I have to train tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Today, I feel like I woke up, it's like, this seems like a very... Is it like D-Gen thing? Ah, plug. Uh, a D-Gen thing to, like, wake up at 10 a.m. I don't wait. I usually... Is love it? Listen, I'm an overnight nurse. My sleep schedule is a joke. Good point. Like my, I'm like after this, I'm probably going to bed. Okay. Oh, I, I, I I work tonight. I'm I'm charge nurse tonight for the first time, and I it's a three in a row. So I'm like holy shit. Whoa. Yeah. So like I, I am not one to judge sleep schedules because you know there's no night owl early bird when you're overnight nurse. You're just like sleep deprived chicken. Like that's a good. Yeah, I don't know how you guys do that. And I think you, was it you, Jen, and Stacy are all nurses? I could never understand how you guys, like, did drag the moat and that. So but Stacy's not an overnight. Oh, she's not an overnight? Right. I have no idea. Pure oh. will. Desperation. 
It's okay. crazy. Do Still it for the days lot. off. Oh. Because you get blocks of time days off, right? Like Yeah, I just I just had four days in a row off. <clears throat> yeah. Like that seems kind of nice, except your days are fucking insane. Yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. I was like <laughs> I spread myself way too thin. I miss I'm sad the season's over. I I, I genuinely am. Like yeah. I think this season was a really good one. Me too, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I did the feedback thing too. I'm sure people from Dragon Ball will listen to this because <laughs> actually Kenley was like, I'm listening to the podcast right now. I was like, oh, okay. Oh. And Jess, yeah. Jess, same thing. Jess is like, I've known about this for like a year and a half, and I'm just listening to it now. I'm like, what 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 all yeah. like suddenly? Because I think I interviewed both of you guys like last year. Mm-hmm. Our, you our interviewed prom. me like a couple months ago. Oh, okay. Well, you're just busy. Both of you traveling. I know. I'm Anna's sorry. about to go to. You're about to go to Peru, right? So I was like, mm-hmm. let's catch oh, you before dang. you leave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're leaving what next week or something? Sunday. Sunday. Oh, okay. Oh, dang. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's Friday right now for reference of time, but it's like yeah, you're leaving <laughs> Sunday. That's why mm-hmm. you said Friday or Saturday. It's like I will make it work. And then you're also traveling too, Evelyn. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I did Japan and Mexico like back to back. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to find somewhere to go in November, but okay, you got like a couple months. I have found like doing little trips once a month is kind of nice too, like weekend things. Mm-hmm. I was like maybe I'll try to make that a habit because a big trip. I well, I personally could probably do it being a freelancer, <clears throat> but just starting a new job I was like maybe I should chill for a second. Stability is nice every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> Because I can also take off four days in a row, which I definitely did this past summer because I just didn't have work. So I was like, what do I do? Panicking. Yeah. That's um, sometimes why I enjoy unemployment because, yeah. like, this is the only time when it's somewhat acceptable to not work. Yeah. And to just live your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... It would be nice if we didn't live in the most expensive city in the country, but <laughs> yeah. is it? Is it? Because I don't know. San Fran's, yeah. Okay. As I say, San no. I think New York. I think New York is the highest. Uh, they're, they're close. It's certainly not cheap. That's for sure. It's like New York, San Francisco, and DC are all like up there. Mm. I think they, they added. Yeah, they added DC recently. Yeah. Yikes! Like it's getting up there, and like these are. I mean, I grew up near DC, so I feel like I've understood or my perception of cost of living has been very similar because it's all the same it is nice when you travel because when a city is considered ex- or something's considered ex- expensive in another city i'm just like oh it's so cheap yeah yeah <laughs> or when you go yeah to other countries other continents you're like wow yeah this this chocolate bar is only 20 cents in u.s dollars what Back to the chocolate bar. <laughs> We've come full circle. My reference. Oh yeah. Well, I was like, I was in Berlin last year around this. Uh, I guess pretty close to this time. No, a month away. In September last year, I was in Berlin. I went to Brussels, and they had like really nice quality stuff or really mm-hmm. cheap. And I'm like, in the U.S., that would be like eight dollars. Yeah, if there's a chocolate bar for twenty cents here, I would not trust that chocolate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> actually, you're right. <laughs> Might be the oh. actual cost of making it, but you know. Yeah, so another thought occurred to me too is like, we're all, 
as as you mentioned, as both of you mentioned, it's like Dragon Ball, they don't really care that we're adopted. But I also just was thinking it's like that's interesting because that's like one of the only spaces where it just seems like not so prevalent that we are adopted, right? Because other spaces and that I've been to, like, I don't know, flushing or whatever. I, I feel like I always have this alert or awareness. It's like, I'm adopted. I'm not really like Chinese Chinese, but on Dragon Boat. And mm. I've seen like, there isn't a distinction. And it's like, That's oh, no, we're just, we're, is it because of the athleticism or is it like, we're all, yeah, is that what it is? It's yeah. just so task oriented when we're there. You know, we're there for uh, an hour and a half at uh-huh. a time. We're just like exerting ourselves. Like there's there's not much time to talk or really like you know mm-hmm. have interactions that would make it obvious that we're adopted versus flushing and you actually speak some chinese Tara. like very, you speak chinese well. pretty well and it's like what when you walk when you go into flushing it looks like a different country parts of it mm-hmm. it's like there's there's just chinese everywhere like mm. everyone's speaking it so it's it's natural for us to feel very like outsidery there at least mm. some people said it looks exactly like parts of china yeah it does. It does. It's like, oh, okay. And I, um, I feel like uh, I only use speak Chinese when I want something. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you guys in other spaces where it's only, basically only Chinese Americans of our age? Because, like, for me, that's the only time where it's like, fully Chinese Americans. Mm. And the fact that it's a team sport so mm-hmm. like the community is built into it and you are all united toward one t- singular task true i didn't think about that it must be the because it takes so much energy and physical like demand to do it so it's like oh uh-huh. yeah although people still were chatting away on those boats i was like y'all can talk and talk i think that was like one thing that was mentioned somewhere Maybe it was well that group chat for one, but also like, <laughs> like put that energy into the power yeah. chat. <laughs> someone else, someone wrote that. It was like, can we put all this energy into the boat? Mm-hmm. And I think in the feedback form, I did write something. It was like, it seems like there was a lot of chatter. <laughs> it's. I mean, seems, I just like it. Seems. Everyone who's muted that chat, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, I was people had a like, good time this summer. Yeah, it was good. It was a fun season. It was, I think, shorter because of Justin's work, the coach. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know if they would make it longer again next year or what, but who knows? I'd come back, though. I'll be back next year. Yeah. Hannah, you like paddling. Yeah, I do like paddling. Definitely after last year, it was like, do I want to do this again? Because that was intense in other (laughs) ways. (laughs) Which I may end up paddling in peru paddling in what? Peru. There's, really? a, there's a canoe thing <laughs> that we can do on the amazon river Ooh. and so like if if jen and i uh have the opportunity i'm gonna do my a-frame nice <laughs> just waiting please for do pictures. not get eaten by an anaconda or something i will be fine those like take a while to kill you anacondas don't pounce <laughs> They just oh like God. squeeze. Okay. Well, I think. Like, I'm pretty sure. Ideally, don't get harmed by anything. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Are insects really big down there, too? Yeah, south. Yeah. Okay. Get to sleep under bug nets. Oh. But it's not all of Peru. It's just like some parts of it. Right. The. Yeah, I'm sure like the main city, maybe not as much. Hmm. 
I mean, that's like similar actually to China, like uh, going back to big cities. And then you, we, if you like, I think if you visit orphanages or be places, people are like, oh yeah, it's very remote and country mm. or rural. Evelyn, have you been back? Never. Mm. I've flown through Hong Kong to get to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't quite count. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> No, I've been nowhere near Wanzai, which is where I was born. Mm. Open to it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, it's bad. If I had unlimited time and money, I think I would just keep going back to Japan. Like, <laughs> I love it so much there. It's like when you're thinking, when you're talking about bugs just now, I was just thinking about Japan because they have, like, you know, an Animal Crossing where you catch, like, the giant stag beetles. Yeah. Or, like, the rhinoceros beetle. Like, yeah. th- that's real. Like, that's 100% oh. real. Like, you'll find, like, in the mountains, I worked in Niigata Prefecture, which is, like, north, west? I don't know. It's up there on the coast. But, like, they would have the giant beetles in, like, the shower. That's like, awesome. you walk into the shower and they'd, yeah, they'd like, oh. hiss at you. Oh, they- okay. Okay, that's not <laughs> no. awesome. But, like. No, they're giant. All of like, that you're- is- That's cool. But they didn't bite you though, right? They would, I mean, if you tried to mess with them, they would try to like snip you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, with most things, it's like just don't mess with it and they won't bother you. But I would be alarmed. Unless I was trying to take a shower, I wanted it out of there. You have to pick it up. <laughs> oh, you can pick it up and it'll be fine. Okay. Well, yeah, I needed I needed to peace out. <laughs> oh. I was like, can you just shower with them there and they just no, they're get her away. No, I'm not good with bugs. No bugs. I'm not good with bugs. Wow, we did. I was like, we did a good job because I was like, I don't know what we're going to talk about with like three people. I've never done this before, so it's really exciting. It's just it's natural. I mean, sometimes yeah. I, I mean, I sometimes I forget we're recording. But <laughs> like... oh, yeah, that's that's usually the idea of like what I try to do with this show. And yeah, because at this point, it's like I don't know how many people listen, so I was like, and then I think if I like say it's like Dragon Ball, people are talking about adoption. We also had like a newer adoptee join the team this year too noel mm-hmm. korean adoptee and i think she's actually pretty young too she might be the youngest korean adoptee i've actually met so i was like i i remember she came to like a workout with her husband i guess fiance at the time and i know we started talking about it. oh wait, wait i think you were there hana right we were talking a little bit about adoption at the, the hot pot yeah, yeah. season at yeah, the hot that's pot. That's when I found out she was in the Yeah. And then I think I just started to like question like ask a bunch of questions. And I was like, oh, I don't even really know this person. I kinda so ever since then I was like, I'm gonna not do that again. Yeah, I think doing this, I just kind of forgot the filter for like not just started questions people about they're like, how do you feel about it? Oh, cool. You know, I did invite her to the picnic too i think but it was like kind of last minute because i was like oh, oh my god i forgot you're also like you can come to this picnic and then yeah there were a lot more non-chinese people than i thought this yeah they're more koreans uh-huh. yeah oh yeah now i'm like thinking well I, it also took me most of the season to learn everybody's name low-key i still don't know everyone's name i'm yeah. so sorry back yeah same same <laughs> it's like mm like okay i don't remember all of you and i didn't really like talk or hang out with anybody till after or till that barbecue yeah oh i'm sad i missed that (laughs) yeah it was eventful it was eventful it was a hike it felt like a hike to kind of get to it but it was actually not that bad 
Um, but we were there the whole day. I have FOMO. I know, I saw you guys had like sparklers at one point. It was like getting dark. <laughs> at the very end. Yeah, yeah, I definitely was like, I want to do these now before we leave. S'mores, that's what I was like most excited about. Mm, because chocolate. Right? You and your chocolate. Yeah, you oh, were yeah. like all about that chocolate. I was all about those s'mores. I think I probably asked four hours before you even happened. I was like, s'mores. <laughs> it's a good s'mores too. It was from Lidl. Or the good chocolate from Lidl. Mm. What are your favorite foods? I was like, I love chocolate. What about you guys? Is it noodles for you, Evelyn? Or is it something? Yeah, like anything, that? anything noodles, basically. Oh. Huh. Or dumplings. Or sushi. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Just start just keep listing them. Yep. It's like all Japanese foods, it sounds like. Yeah, I, I Japanese mm. is my favorite cuisine, easily. Mm. Uh I think like um culture wise i'm always down to eat asian food i think mm-hmm. all, most of my meals tend to be like some sort of asian cuisine but then i have really soft spots for like cured meats <laughs> i don't know where that comes from <laughs> so random <laughs> like no uh, i love it i love it uh charcuterie Yo, oh, I it's too that. it's too close Yo. to lunch right now for this. <laughs> I was just thinking that, and it sounds like we all woke up later today. So uh, Han and I, before we got on Evelyn, I was like, I woke up at like twenty minutes before this was supposed to happen. So <laughs> yes, yeah, so I got home. To, I got home like fifteen minutes before this happened. I spent the night at a friend's place, and I was like, oh yeah, I have to be presentable. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So presentable. This is all the audio. I only use the audio. Are we gonna take a selfie though? Let me put myself in this thing. Show oh, selfie. Wait, now I should I blur my I background? Don't know about that. I like how you did that. Oh, oh yeah, no. Nobody wants to see all this behind me. We'll do it. We'll do one here. Yes. Can you I'm count present. down? Can you okay. count down for me? Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Yay! Yeah, I like the blurred thing too. It's like less distracting, but then it. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm seeing like behind Hana, her like basket comes into view sometimes and goes out. Oh yeah, do you want to see my what's back here? Hold yeah, on. cause you're home, right? Yeah. Okay, so ooh, bookshelf. This is like a, a whiteboard magnetic shelf thing. Whoa. And then you can't you can't see these, but these are like postcards from one of my favorite artists, and one of them is a bunny orgy. Like a humanoid bunny orgy. It's cooler than it sounds. <laughs> one's face. I'm curious. It's like I want to see it closer, but I'll, I'll send you a picture. After. Okay. Maybe like, hmm. if you have show notes, you can put in the show notes. I guess. It's like, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Yeah, the basket right behind you. I was like, that's coming into view ever so often. And then um, that's important. The pink triangle. Oh. If I had that bigger, I'd have it. But that's like um. Um, a very important like thing in gay culture that okay. I like to keep around. Um, and below it, it says science equals death. Whoa. Um, oh, damn. And oh, the damn. story, the story behind that is um, with like pink triangles. It has been like a signifier of like AIDS stuff oh. or like gay rights. And so back in like the 80s and 70s and 80s when that crisis was happening nobody talked about it it was like silently killing a whole generation of gay people and 
like the president wouldn't even say the word AIDS. So, um, and I wouldn't even say his name. Fuck that mm. guy. So essentially, there was this whole like PR thing about, um, you know, AIDS awareness, like how to identify and treat it and like how to help it. And it was organized by a lot of lesbians. Oh, so that this triangle has been a symbol around for a while then. Yes. It has. Okay. I didn't even, I didn't know that. Well, and that I was aware about the, I was aware about the whole like AIDS thing. No. I was aware of that, but I didn't know that was like a, that was a symbol. Mm -hmm. Representation. I was like, oh, let's see. I think it's still applicable to this day. Yeah, that's my um, that's my queer quota for the day. <laughs> well, the episode that you were on, when I did interview, it was like the quote I took was like, "Did you just ask if adoption made me gay?" And I was like, "Absolutely, that's not, <laughs> not, not what I meant at all." <laughs> um, that one was a good episode. That one actually got me. I was like, I. I was like, oh shoot! I think I was trying to contact you right after too, but some like a independent like or off Broadway, I don't know, theater was like, hey, we heard your episode with Hannah, and really really oh, yeah. to it. And then it's like, would you like discount tickets to our show? And I was like, yeah. Damn. And I, like <laughs> I messaged Hannah on some platform. I don't think you saw it in time, but I was like, oh shoot! I couldn't remember which platform you preferred, and then I couldn't keep up. But I did go see that show, and it was really interesting <laughs> i i was like i don't know if adoptees would have actually really liked this show to be honest because i did go with two adoptees uh-huh one korean one chinese and all three of us were like because i i don't know if it was written by like a adoptee or not it probably was probably wasn't like, yeah i think it wasn't <clears throat> the themes and stuff were like okay see <laughs> like that gets me of- adoptees need to make more stuff because yeah. nobody gets it right and like, okay, we can talk about Joyride now. I don't know if you've talked about it on your podcast already. Briefly, briefly. Have you all seen it? Have you both, have you seen, Evelyn, you haven't seen it? Okay. Oh, Evelyn. Oh, okay. Uh, would it be a Do you need to? Or? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, personally, I would have watched it for like Asians in media, no matter what. Yeah. Asian Americans in media. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Not written by an adoptee. I... I think I watched it because I got discounts. Speaking of thrifty, right? The people yeah. always like, oh, I don't have to pay the full price. So I did go see it with a, a lot of other adoptees. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, that was. I've heard good reviews. I think it might have been for me, Hana. But... Joyride or what? Yeah. Well, the thing is, I don't think it's even meant for adoptees either, like Chinese adoptees or Asian adoptees. Yeah. I, it's not for them. Yeah, I think it's mostly just like an entertainment factor, maybe. That's what I felt. I was like, this is just highly entertaining. I think people just want somewhat authentic, real stories because it is part of our experience. And it hasn't really been in a like a Hollywood like format right. before. Yeah. Everything else is like all depressing and stuff. Right. Or talking about like, Oh, things that went wrong with the one child policy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What went what went right with the one child policy? Oh, yeah, right. <clears throat> mm. No so comment we'll... on the CCP. <laughs> no comment from, from you. I know we don't know who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. 
I mean, I don't think anybody from China would be listening to this. Probably like banned. This kind of content wouldn't be allowed, right? Mm-hmm. Or are they becoming more open to it? Who knows? Mm-hmm. No, there's still a lot of censorship that goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking about that too. It's like, I'm pretty sure this specific show is not allowed in many places. But yeah. in America, we're good. In Europe, I well, think. Well, in a lot good. of places, they just don't believe in adoption. That's Wait, a whole what? Other... Like, a, like adoption is in taboo. China. Not necessarily what? in China. Again, I don't know who's listening, so I don't want to say. <laughs> okay. I don't want to say. Well, yeah, I was offline. Like, oh, no. too, too saucy I, let's just, for the pod. Let's just say I've had experiences with certain, actually, with an ex boyfriend whose family did not approve of the fact that I was adopted. Mm, they were. Oh, oh my God, sorry. Yeah, I've heard of that. For, oh. Related to their religion, related mm-hmm. to their culture. Yeah, they just don't believe in it. Yeah. Like, it's the like, it's like, isn't there. It's not moral. No, it's not moral. Oh. Oh. But the morals are made up by people. Right. And, like, situations occur in life where it's like, okay, you're not going to be surrounded by blood relatives 100% of the time, and you still need to have a community with social animals. It's yeah. very natural to form familial bonds with people who are not blood Yes, that's very true. Like, gay people have to have a chosen family. <laughs> yeah. Oftentimes. It's very true. Yeah, I was, I was, I guess that was another thought, too. It's like, I feel like I haven't really encountered that too often of, like, people not accepting that adoption is, like, something that's happened, right? Or it's, like, that it's a wrong thing but i I mean i haven't had those yeah don't don't, you don't need to (laughs) try to minimize those interactions i mean it doesn't uh, this has not been like a reoccurring thing for me but i have experienced it once or twice yeah i've only like read about that happening and every time i read that it's just like i have to shake my head yeah because people are so i don't know if it's ignorance or what no bueno Nope. Yeah. No bueno. That's 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 moral. <laughs> mm. Social constructs. Damn. I hate those. Oh. Yeah. Also, like Aristotle was adopted. Oh. Damn. Pulling out the philosophy and everything. That's beyond I my knowledge. <laughs> I was like, I feel like yeah, I know. No Me idea. too. But like, I feel like Hannah's like an encyclopedia of knowledge. Sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, that's <laughs> love it. No, truly, I love it. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's nice. That's why you befriend people so they can tell what is there's like a, I don't know what the quote is but something along the lines of like surround yourself with people who their experience helps you learn or something like that. I don't know. Okay, I would agree with that. There's like a quote, many different quotes that basically say it's like or great good leaders are people who surround themselves with people who are like more talented than they are. I'm like, mm. there's truth to that. There is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I'm gonna use that from now on, especially since I'm gonna be charge nurse tonight for the first time. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Terrifying. I I mean, in general, it's like a thought of like, I I guess it's like getting into the person person. Well, it's already been personal, but more of like a very personal thing of like, I was actually like a meltdown on Wednesday with my therapist. Like I was just having therapy and I had like a meltdown and I just like started bawling. And it was like the kind of crying that was really ugly and you get snot everywhere. And you're like, and it was because I was realizing that in a sense, I had to like step away from a community that I thought was like really close that I had developed and like was a part of for like two, two years. I guess I'm still a part of it, but not as close now. And it was because of the friendships, not necessarily like what the event that sort of 
the aftermath of the event, but like the friendships and people that I thought I could trust. Mm. And then I realized and I thought about it, I was like, it seems like I did contribute a lot in this in this community. I feel like I did a lot for the community. I would like because of the kindness, because I wanted to do it for good. And I kind of hinted at this probably at flushing Evelyn. I remember when I talked to you like in the beginning of the day and I was like, I just remember yeah. going through a lot. Yeah, you did. And this was a big thing. It was like, and then in, you sort of go down like the thought process is like, well, a lot of stuff and a lot of communities, a lot of things that I join, I feel like I contribute a lot or I like go above and beyond and do stuff. But then it seems for me personally, it's like I end up getting burned mm-hmm. essentially. And that's why I was like talking to the therapist and I like just, that's what I talked about for the whole 45 minutes it was, and just crying. It's like, it just seems like I keep repeating this process in like friendships and relationships mm-hmm. and like personal I was like, man, this is like really tough. And of course I had no tissues. So the shirt that I wore that day got demolished. That's a whole other mm-hmm. thing. But I was like, I wonder, I don't think that's a necessarily a dafty thing, but I don't know if in a way it was. And I think that also brings up like, I guess the 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 nature aspect too of it, of like, do you, am I, and I was thinking about too, it's like, am I overcompensating and trying to do a lot because I feel like I need to like, establish my purpose here like and then I don't know when to stop is like what I was running into um therapist was very helpful she was like it's gonna hurt I I do appreciate she's like the healing process is like you'll see glimpses of what it's like at the end but eventually you'll get to the end and I was like well Mm -hmm. right now I'm not there um I don't know if you guys have ever like felt that too of like overcompensating or putting more of yourself in the hopes of like some sort of return but that you don't always get that I don't know yeah when I started learning about attachment styles or attachment theory a lot of things made sense in like how I behaved and how I reacted to things and it helped me be able to point out like oh why do I do this this like this Mm. um so recently I've just like been trying to (laughs) unlearn but also um, come to terms with whatever attachment I have, mm. you know, and like how broken or um, what's it called? Stable or unstable attachment. Mm. Yeah. Is that like the, because I think I read those two. It's like avoidant, secure, yeah. anxious. Anxious. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like another one now that they call like shifting or something where you like it, it's one that's a blend of all yeah, of them. a blend. But everyone is a blend <laughs> of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never really attributed my anything any kind of like insecurity of mine. I never attributed it to being adopted, actually. Like even my attachment style. Mm-hmm. Um, which which, you know, I'd be transparent and say it's more on the anxious side of things. Mm-hmm. But um as far as overcompensating, just again growing up in a predominantly white high school but with like pockets of asians that i would try to fit in with Mm. i would try to be more asian but it was never enough Mm. um you know just like the incessant like comments about it not being enough like people had no problem just saying that to my face i was like yes i know i know yes (laughs) i'm the whitest asian ever i get it Mm. but you know i I, like i think i told tara this last time i I literally wore a cheap how to prom like i wore this like beautiful like purple Golden sheep powder problem just because like I really truly thought it was beautiful and I am I'm Chinese American and it's just a part of my culture that I want to show off. Yeah. And yeah. In college I joined like every culture club imaginable. Obviously, like 
Chinese Culture Club being the main one, mm-hmm. participated in China Night, was like on the e-board, mm-hmm. joined Dragon Boat when I got here. I've always tried to, I've always tried to try a mm-hmm. little bit, but not because I'm trying to prove something necessarily, just because I want to be in touch with that part of me. That's all. Yeah. Simple Do you think you gained stuff from those? Like, are you glad you did all of those things, even if they didn't, like, go super smoothly? Of course. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I'm very appreciative of the people. <clears throat> Even, like, experiences that didn't turn out completely mm-hmm. positive. Like, I, I'm very grateful for everything that's, like, come my way. Because you learn things about yourself. You learn how to cope. You learn how... Right. You learn, like, what to value and what you can put aside as far as, like, your own growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's not supposed to be... Look, life's a bitch and then you die like it's just like, <laughs> like you just Straight make the best nurse. of it when you, yeah yeah, yeah. like do do what you can with the time you have it's like what is that it's not a lord of the rings quote it's like all you all you have to decide is what to do with the time you have mm-hmm. sounds like sounds like dumbledore too Probably it's gandalf like all, all of them <laughs> um. well, to- tolkien but gandalf okay it's like sounds like something dumbledore would say too I, I wasn't a Lord of the Rings follower fan, so I wasn't until pretty recently, and now I'm obsessed. Love it, yeah. I never. I just know the movies are very long. Mm. Oh yeah, the extended edition of like Return of the King is like four hours fifty five minutes, literally. Yeah, the extended edition. It's worth it's, it. It's too much. Four Again, hours. That stuff too. It's yeah. It's way long. But like that stuff too. Like that was like very like all those fantasy things like Harry Potter, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. That was like kind of it was very American, right? Mm-hmm. Very like white or whatever. Yeah. Um, I didn't grow up with any of that at all. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. You didn't grow up with Lord of the Rings? Yeah, none of that. Which which is funny because like I didn't grow up super Asian either. I just kind of missed out. My parents were a bit on the stricter side. <laughs> I didn't watch a lot of TV. Maybe that's just the actual oh. problem. It doesn't have to do with culture. It's just my parents oh. were, were, yeah, I didn't grow up watching a lot of TV. Okay. You know, That's I interesting. About this, I was like, did you play with like Polly Pockets or did you play with dolls? But like, like, because we all are relatively in the same age range, right? Yeah. Barbies. Barbies. Oh, I did not. I, I was a tomboy. I was Mulan. I did Barbie. not play with dolls. I was, I was such a, tomboy a tomboy too. I played with cars. I played with Barbies and Legos. Like Matchbox, Hot Wheels, right? Hot Wheels. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't Next. play with stuff. I just like pushed my sister down outside. Like I was, just, I was like, Evelyn, what? Or like, you I was like run around the backyard with sticks, like pretending they were swords. No, I was like, like a okay. boy. <laughs> yeah, like Nerf guns. Like I, yeah. when I went to like friends' houses, yeah. Like I didn't play with like dolls. Or anything. I was like, what were you into? Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That was really big, right? Oh no, maybe that was my oldest. But I didn't have ca- <laughs> I didn't have cable. Like we. They, my parents just don't let me watch TV. So, like, what was the? Oh, Power Rangers! I always wanted to watch Power okay. Rangers. I was never allowed to. Okay. <laughs> That's like my vibe. Yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Power Rangers. Um, I don't know, dinosaurs. I don't know, okay. Random stuff like that. Okay. Interesting. I was like, what did you do for fun as a kid? <laughs> yeah, like, like I guess I've been pushed. Gone to trouble. Life. Literally, yeah, I like I like to bike a lot too. It was very much oh. like older generation kind of fun where it's like you know i work i work with older adults in my field and it's like they would always say when the street lights went on like we're talking Uh literally Uh like the 40s 50s 60s like when the street lights came on that's when you were expected to be back home yeah yeah i did that kind of deal like i had neighbors like i had 
friends down the street so we would just like play outside all day and then just go home after oh yeah yeah, yeah. i would do that too yeah i think that was still around when we were kids i mean present day i don't think they do that now no present day, present day is facetime yeah, yeah. yeah. It was before it's smartphones our age i know you, like barely had cell phones i know i think i've you have to like knock on your neighbor's door to know if they're home or call the landline yeah, yeah. i remember yeah. going to my friend's parents and be like oh can he come play yeah no. now it is literally discord like no, kids who are yeah. really like, yeah less than 10 they just like text each other whoa <laughs> yeah i've seen very young kids like on their phones the smartphones and i was like this wait are they 15 no they're like 10 <laughs> like, oh, it's wild and I don't know if that's a city too, but it just my six year old cousin has an iPad. Oh. Yeah, that's that's a whole nother world. Yeah. It's like I mean, I, I grew up with that. video games. Um, and that's how I bonded with my brothers most of the time. Mm. So like I did have screens and that formed a lot of my like youth. Yeah. Um, for better or worse, but I think I, I'm okay for the most part. (laughs) (laughs) You're not completely traumatized. Yeah, I think socialized through a screen, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the thing. Uh, I mean, we all met because I don't know what that's like. Yeah. And we all met because of a physical activity. That's a good point. I was also, this kind of goes back to nature versus nurture, too, because my family's pretty introverted. Mm. and um like I think I became more introverted because I was socialized by my family but ever since I've like um moved to New York uh I've been able to express like other sides of myself like I actually am on the other side of the ambivert and like more extroverted now which is crazy to me because my Mm. entire life I thought I would like get tired of people and like always needed like so much alone time and now I just like I need that I need people Mm. yeah that that I can definitely relate to yeah I always felt like it was like growing up it was like kind of had a chill on expression (laughs) like the feeling like expressing feelings uh, but now, especially moving to New York, I think I'm like the opposite. I'm like always expressing feelings in different ways. Usually, usually in person because my texting and whatnot is still very short. Apparently, no tone. I've gotten into using emojis. I don't know if you guys are into <laughs> the emoji usage, but you know, as I keep making more, I'm like, oh yeah, let's use more emojis because people think I'm really short on text. Otherwise. That's that actually is a good point. Like as I got more extroverted, I use emojis more. Oh. And I think it goes hand in hand with like meditating and like self-awareness and everything. Cause like while I can convey something, how someone is going to receive it is probably very different. So I try harder to Mm. um I don't know, be friendlier. Mm. via text i'm i still don't like texting <laughs> i sometimes just use the voice the voice thing that you can like just record and send mm-hmm. voice my... memos yes okay i don't remember what we were talking about before i went to the bathroom <laughs> 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 i feel like we could we could round it up now uh because 
I'm pleasantly surprised like how um how much we actually started talking about um stuff that people have actually asked I know I've had people when I ask like what what is what else would you like to hear from other adoptees and a lot of them do talk about like the nature versus nurture aspect and then a lot of like our experience with like siblings or not and then like growing up so that's great <laughs> I don't think we have any any other last thoughts before we um do we do the question thingy the question thingy can you ask us if we had questions for other adoptees or like stuff we wish people oh yeah about? I used to do I can do that again I'm because I know I asked both of you separately but I don't know if there's do you have any other thoughts or questions, things you'd like to hear from others who are adopted? I actually can't even remember what I said last time. I hope it was something profound and that's why I can't think of anything <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like um, kind of regretting that I brought that up because nothing's <laughs> coming to mind. I was like, what was like, it? I, was I like, thought uh... it would just come once I said it. Like, well, maybe it's good that because we had a, this was like a good session. I love how I'm talking about like ghost therapy. This is a good session. <laughs> yeah, this is, that's, I mean, it's, but it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, I don't know. In a way, it kind we, of We is. aired all our grievances already. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I do love this whole recording and caption because I do consider this an archive too. So in two or three years, if you want to listen back, I think even listening back to like, three years of this I probably would also be like oh I think I've grown up a little bit or things have changed shifted or not changed so archived yay that's the idea but thank you so much for doing this Terry. it's actually amazing like Absolutely. I admire you so much for this kind of thing <laughs> yeah this is uh quite the hobby yeah total hobby I'm glad that we were able to the three of us were able to get together because I know we talked about like we should all get on together um that's great yeah yay okay would you like to share your socials if you are on socials mm. sure. am i on socials yeah i'm just hannah linger outside i am at not the fruit snacks because my last name is welch and people that's like a reoccurring joke Oh, no, I am not the heir of the grape juice brand. I'm sorry. I think about that more yeah. often than I should. <laughs> People do. They, they genuinely do. I was like, is it that prevalent? Like, Welch's like fruit snacks? I feel like yeah. I don't care, but whatever. Oh, that's okay. I appreciate you telling me. Did you me never? That. Wait, did you no, never understand how my handle was not the fruit snacks? I never, yeah. I did not understand. I'm so glad you said yes, because not the fruit snacks. I was like, oh, maybe we should just likes i don't know likes other things no, <laughs> they also I, make I, juice they do make yeah juice. i was like not the fruit snacks it's like oh because you know some people have handles and stuff that are completely like not related at all to their names like mm. that you know them as no that makes sense that not the, yeah well i had to come up with like a creative handle to make up for the fact that my my instagram is not aesthetic i don't even post i post <laughs> on my story i'll be up, uh, like like so <laughs> Sorry to disappoint whoever's going to follow at Not the Fruit Snacks now. I expect something it. like marvelous and it's, yeah. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I am the opposite. Yeah, you and actually then. post like very interesting stuff. You're, you're an entertainer. Yeah. I post a lot. <laughs> Reels, little video logs, I guess, here and there, and colorful things. I like color. Mm. Yeah, I do like my like color if I could do that. But so. Well, you have a cool life. You do a lot of cool things. <laughs> It's a freelance yeah. life. <laughs> um, 
Yes, but it was really nice having Dragon Boat season with you guys again. Oh, um, that was very yeah, nice. It was, it was a good season. I was I, happy to be alongside you, your seatmate. Yeah, yeah. Well, the three of us. And then I was right. Yeah, we were in a little triangle. Yeah, little we were. Trifecta. We were together. The three of us were actually like seated near each other, especially for the competition. It was like, whoa, Adavi's taking over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> more adopters. We'll get together. We'll get together off off season at some point. Yeah, we yeah. gotta do more. We definitely should. Um, I I would come to Bushwick more often because now that I'm like much more. Social. There's a Chinese tea house in Bushwick, and it's only open in the afternoon. So, because okay. it's also an event venue, so we should go. It sounds like all of us could make that work based on yeah. the scheduling. So yeah. we'll find a day to do that. We have our we have our own little chat now. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, thank you for listening to ABC Adoptees Born in China podcast. You can follow me at Adoptees Born in China podcast on Instagram and Facebook or AdoptedBabiesFromChina at gmail.com. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Yay.